Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young, and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Tonight, we're talking about the unsolved disappearance of 20-year-old Ryan Stucke, who vanished on his way home from a party located in a small resort town known as Sun Peaks in British Columbia, Canada. It's been four years since Ryan seemingly disappeared, and we still don't know what happened to him. But we do know that people do not just vanish into thin air. Someone knows something, and Ryan is still out there somewhere. His family continues to push for answers, to find out what happened to Ryan, and to bring him home. As a mom of a little boy, watching the interviews with Ryan's parents and seeing the billboards with his face, it breaks my heart into a million pieces. Because cases of young missing men often don't receive as much attention, but this is a young man who is very loved and very much missed by his family. 
He's Heather Stuka's son, but really he could be anyone's son. So I really want to keep this story alive by talking about it and sharing it with people who may not have heard about Ryan's story yet. Big thank you to Aaron for sending this along to me. Before we jump in, I have a couple of Patreon shoutouts. My Patreons are a huge part of everything that I do. They are the very reason that I'm able to continue to talk about these stories, and I'm so thankful that they've given me this opportunity. I want to give a big thank you to Joseph Adidigba. I've had the chance to chat back and forth with Joseph on Twitter, and he's such a cool guy. Thanks for your continued support and for all of your memes. It means the world to me. I also want to give a big thank you to Samantha Race, who I had the pleasure of chatting with last week on our true crime Zoom chat. This girl is a true crime guru. I loved getting to hear your opinions and theories, and I hope that we can chat about some upcoming cases soon. If you're interested in becoming a Serial Napper Patreon, check out patreon.com slash Serial Napper. There are a ton of perks, including free merchandise, discount codes, an online community, exclusive ad-free episodes, and so much more. If you're interested, make sure you check it out. All right, let's get started with Ryan's story. Ryan Stuka was born on March 17, 1997, to his parents Heather and Scott. There is a documentary on YouTube, and I'll link it in my show notes, where Heather chuckles about the day that Ryan was born because of how long and skinny he was instead of being the typically plump, adorable baby that people think of. Throughout the years, he would grow into a slim, tall, and very handsome young man with blonde hair and brown eyes. His mother, Heather, described him as being a very well-behaved child who loved dinosaurs. And as he was their very first baby, they felt really lucky with how easy and outgoing he was. Ryan was a child of three, with two other siblings, his sister Jordan, who was three years younger than Ryan, and his sister Juliana, who was the baby. She was eight years younger than Ryan. The Stuka family originally lived in Edmonton, Alberta, but they would move to Beaumont, Alberta when Ryan was a child. Beaumont at the time was a small, tight-knit community, and Ryan made many of his forever friends here, meaning they spent a ton of their time growing up together throughout the years, and they would all keep in touch even as they went their separate ways after high school. The Stuka family was really active, big into playing sports, and Ryan's dad would even coach the kids' ringette and soccer teams. Ryan was a great student, but he wasn't completely sure what he wanted to do once he finished high school. So once he graduated, he decided to work as an apprentice in construction for a year with his father. At least this would provide him with a bit of experience and money while he was trying to figure it all out. Before picking a field and going off to university, he decided to take another year off and work out west, which is actually really common and popular amongst young people in Canada, for those of you who are living internationally. I have so many friends who did the exact same thing. It's an opportunity to live in the beautiful Canadian mountains. You don't make a ton of money, but you are provided with living quarters, and it has a very fun, laid-back, party type of atmosphere. It's the perfect opportunity for a newly 20-year-old to go and have a year to really find himself. And so on December 1st, 2017, 
Ryan made the move to Sun Peaks Resort in BC to live and work. Sun Peaks is about a 45-minute drive from Kamloops, with only one road going in and out of the resort. It has 4,200 acres of skiable terrain across three mountain peaks, and it's Canada's second largest ski area. It's a very popular place for tourists, so there's constantly people coming in and out of the area. But as far as residents go, there's only about 600 people that live there full-time. This would have been a really exciting opportunity for Ryan, and his parents were very supportive. This was his chance to do something kind of off the beaten path before he made any big decisions or commitments, which I have to give them kudos for. If there's one thing I hope they know, it's that it likely meant the world to Ryan that they had his back while he made these life choices. Ryan moved into a house with other staff at the resort, including his friend James, who had moved there a few months before he did, as well as Kristen and her boyfriend Chris, as well as a few others. As James and Ryan knew each other prior to moving to Sun Peaks, they often ran together in different circles than their other roommates. Still, they all got along really well, and there were times where they would have drinks together at the house or go out on the town together. When Ryan wasn't working or hanging out with his friends, he loved to hit the slopes on his snowboard, and he was known to hit the hills early in the morning before his shifts, before the crowds hit. That year, Ryan would spend his first Christmas away from his family, instead choosing to stay at Sun Peaks instead of traveling home, which is fair, and I get it, at 20 years old, family time isn't always a top priority, but he still had a great holiday with his friends, and he kept in touch with his family back home who missed him a ton. What's really heartbreaking is if he had made the trip down, this would have been the last time they had seen him. But because he had stayed behind, they hadn't seen Ryan since he left on December 1st. His parents made plans to go visit with him instead in February. However, they would never get the chance. Ryan would go missing on February 16th, 2018. Let's go through the timeline of events from that day. It was a day like any other Friday, and Ryan had worked a full shift at the ski resort until around 7 p.m. that evening. He had plans with his roommates, James, Kristen, Chris, and a few other friends for the evening. So before going back to the house, he stopped at a bank to take out money for drinks for the night. He also helped out a friend who was sick by driving him around town to pick up any of the items that he had needed. Then he came home to get ready. They all had a few beers before catching a ride to the Upper Village, which is where all of the action happened. After a drink at Massa's Bar and Grill, the group went to Bottoms, a popular local bar, for a silent disco night. And I had to Google what the heck a silent disco is because I think I might be a little too old. But if you're unfamiliar like I am, it's a bar where people dance to music that is listened to on wireless headphones instead of having the music blare through a speaker system. There were no issues from the evening. By all accounts, they all had a great time. Ryan had so much fun. And once they finished up at the bar, they headed down to the lower village back to staffing quarters and they went to a party at a home on Burfield Drive. There was definitely alcohol at the party, and there are rumors that there was also MDMA, which is also known as ecstasy. 
It was being passed around and Ryan partook in both. Still, it was the end of the night. A couple of the people who lived at the home had to work early in the morning, so it was a very relaxed, mellow atmosphere. Near the end of the evening, there were only nine people left at the party, including Ryan. James was the first of the friends that decided to go back home, and he got back and he went right to bed. Then Chris and Kristen decided that they're ready to go home, and they note that as they're leaving, they see Ryan begin to put on his jacket to get ready to go too. They exited the house, and they figured that Ryan would be behind them shortly, but they didn't wait around for him, which is fair. He's an adult, and they figure that he'll just catch up with them if he decided to leave the party. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day, because that's half the battle. 
and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Now, I've seen two different timelines given for when they left. I've seen some articles state that it was 2.10 a.m., but I've seen other sources say that Kristen received a text message which indicated that she would have left the party at around 1.30 a.m. as opposed to 2.10 a.m. After speaking with Ryan's mom, Heather, she noted that the police haven't adjusted the timeline. But they believe that he was at the house sometime after 1 a.m. and not there by 2.30 a.m. But this gives a large length of time where it's not completely confirmed where Ryan is at. And this piece of information will become important later. Now, it's important to remember that people were drinking at the party. People were intoxicated and there were also drugs being taken. So exact timings aren't clear. And even if they were completely sober... People don't typically pay attention to events that aren't important at the moment. The people at the party had no idea that their memory of timings would become so essential later on. But we do know that Ryan was last seen leaving this party wearing dark jeans, a gray and white shirt, blue coat, and a burgundy ball cap. Now on this evening, it's minus 20 outside and it's absolutely freezing. It's also snowing on top of the 18 feet of snow that's already piled on the sides of the road. And when I say road, I really mean that term very loosely. This is a somewhat isolated resort town, so the roads are more like paths and there aren't any streetlights. The way to get home isn't an easy trek. It's really not too far in distance, but the elements suck. Still, it's a path that he has taken many times before, but drugs and alcohol could very well play a factor here. Ryan was under the influence, and we don't know his mood or how he was feeling at the time. However, we do know that he does not make it home. Later in the morning, Ryan doesn't show up for work either. Initially, his boss believes that he's just a little bit late, which wasn't a huge deal because, as I said, Ryan sometimes was late for his shift. He'd go up early to hit the hills before starting work, which would result in him being a bit late on occasion. However, by 7 p.m. that evening, Ryan still had not shown up for work, so his manager texted his roommate James to let him know that he was a no-show for the day. Now, James is concerned. Ryan didn't miss work like ever and just not come home. So he starts calling all of their friends to check if anyone had seen him. He even calls the hospitals to see if maybe something had happened, like Ryan had got hurt and ended up in the hospital. But no one had seen him and none of the hospitals had a record of him being there. That's when James decides to call the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP, to report Ryan as missing, and that happens around 8.47 p.m. For whatever reason, he does this before calling Heather and Scott to tell them that Ryan has not come home. 
And at first, I thought this was a little bit strange, but then I figured maybe he didn't want to get Ryan in any trouble and thought that they could find him before alerting his parents. Heather and Scott immediately packed their bags, got in the car, and made the nine and a half hour drive to Sun Peaks to meet with the police. I can't imagine what kind of images, thoughts, worries that must have been going through their head during that drive. In one interview, it's noted that on the way there, they had to frequently pull over to the side of the road to get some air and to try to calm down because the entire time they were almost hysterical with the stress of just not knowing what the police were going to tell them. When they arrive, they are briefed by police. Ryan has been missing since around 2 a.m. on February 17th. The following morning, there is a massive search of the area, including canines, beginning at daybreak around 9 a.m. and ending at 7 p.m. when it became too dark to search. Initial searches focused on the area between the house party and the house that Ryan was living at. During this search, there is no trace of Ryan found, literally nothing found or picked up by the dogs. There's no scent of Ryan found, and there were no footprints in the snow. After the first formal search by RCMP was concluded, it was pretty much up to a search team of Ryan's family and friends. RCMP pretty much stopped searching for him because they said that with the temperatures and the terrain, there's pretty much no chance of them finding him alive outside in the elements. But Ryan's loved ones were not going to give up. Ground searches would take place every day for the first five months of his disappearance, and then once a month going forward. His parents stayed in Sun Peaks for three to four months straight to assist with the search before returning home for their daughter's birthday. They offered a $15,000 reward for any information leading to his whereabouts, and even now, almost four years later, they continue to return to Sun Peaks to search for Ryan. The area has been searched extensively, even using excavators and bobcats to move snow and with volunteers performing a grid search, which is very thorough. It's been searched during the winter months and the summer months when all of the snow has melted and more of the terrain has been uncovered. More than 300 tips have come into the RCMP and Crime Stoppers that have all been followed up with, and again, not a single thing has been found. So let's walk through some of the theories. The first one being the most obvious, that Ryan was so intoxicated and under the influence of drugs that he got confused with his surroundings. Maybe he took a wrong turn or got lost somewhere along the way. Maybe he passed out in the snow. It was minus 20 degrees Celsius out the night that he went missing, and it had snowed a ton. This would be the most logical of explanations, but again, the party was really not all that far from his house, and it was a route that he was very familiar with. The area around the homes, between the homes and beyond, they've all been extensively searched, both in the winter and summer. Canines have been utilized, and not a single thing has been found. And yes, this is a remote area with a lot of wild animals. So you do have to consider that if he had passed out in the snow and died from the elements, an animal could have gotten to the body. 
but Ryan had his cell phone, his car keys, and pocket change on him, none of which has ever been recovered. And these are items that would still be around, which is why the searches have really been focused on finding these items. Another common theory that I've seen people talking about is that maybe Ryan never really left the party. Maybe something happened at the party like some sort of altercation or maybe he had overdosed and people tried to hide it. Now, I don't actually think there's a lot of evidence to support this. Ryan was last seen having a great time that evening and getting ready to leave the party. It does appear that he left the house. There were several people at the house when Ryan was there, and they've all been interviewed. Police do not believe this to be a case of foul play. These were people that Ryan considered to be friends, and even Heather herself doesn't believe anything happened to Ryan at the party. Everyone has been very cooperative with the police and very active with helping in the search. I don't think that this is what happened to Ryan. I don't think that this is a plausible theory, but I know that there's going to be some comments that this could have happened, so I thought I would address it. Next, I've heard people talk about the possibility of a hit-and-run type situation. There's only one way in and out of the Sun Peaks Resort, and while there are security cameras that are aimed at the road, unfortunately, they weren't working the night that Ryan went missing, so we don't really know who was driving in and out that evening. But the theory is that maybe while Ryan was walking home, he was hit by a drunk driver who then took him with him and brought him to another location to avoid getting in trouble. Now, we've heard of incidents where this has happened, so it's not completely far-fetched. It could be supported by the fact that Ryan has not been found in the surrounding area of the resort. There have also been a few very interesting tips to come in. One of these was from a man named Jim Reed, who was staying about a 20-minute walk away from the party house on Burfield Drive in Sun Peaks. He was there the weekend that Ryan disappeared. According to his statement, he woke up early in the morning hours and he heard a person yelling. He said, It very much sounded like, get in the car, get in the fucking car. Now, police looked into this tip, but they couldn't find anything else to substantiate it. But it could come back to a hit and run. Maybe someone was demanding Ryan get in the car so that they could drive off. Or maybe it's not related at all. We just don't know. Now, remember I mentioned that it's very unclear what time exactly Ryan left the party. Originally, it was reported that it would have been around 2.10 a.m. in the morning, but it was later suggested that it could have been as early as 1.30 a.m. Just a few days after Ryan disappeared, a witness reported a sighting of a man that matched Ryan's description. He claimed that he saw this person near the village at around 1.55 a.m. This potential sighting was checked out, but it was later dismissed because it didn't line up with the original timeline that was given by people at the party. But with the newer timeline, it is quite possible that Ryan left the party and headed towards the village for a bite to eat. I know that after a night of drinking and partying, that's what a lot of people do. They go eat. The potential sighting was in the Fairways Drive area, with the person possibly heading into the village, according to the witness. Now, Heather says that there is a place that has pizza and it's open until 2 a.m. in the village. So it's quite possible that maybe Ryan left the party and was hungry. 
And if he was headed to the village for food, this opens up a whole range of possibilities as to what may have happened to him, and it also creates a larger search area. It would have been about a 20-minute walk from the party to the village where the possible sighting happened. And like I said, it was freezing cold and it was snowing a ton. Maybe he hitched a ride with someone on the way. Someone may have seen that he was definitely underdressed for the weather and offered him a ride. Again, in my opinion, this seems to be a plausible theory backed up by the sighting and the fact that not Ryan nor his belongings have ever been found in the area around the party and his house. Now, last June of 2021, police conducted their first organized search of Ryan since 2018, and it was an extensive shoulder-to-shoulder grid search. They searched areas that had already been searched, and they also covered some new areas as well. Unfortunately, nothing was found during this search, but I was happy to hear that police have not given up on this case because Ryan's parents certainly have not given up. They continue to search for Ryan and talk about their son in the hopes that someone out there might know something and can speak up or that they find anything that gives them answers as to what happened to Ryan because they just want to bring him home. With that said, there is an annual Run for Ryan event that will mark the four-year anniversary of Ryan's disappearance. It's coming up on Thursday, February 17th. If you're in the Kamloops area, it's open to anyone wanting to show their support for Ryan and his family. I'll have the link to the event in my show notes, but it starts at 3 p.m. with a group ski down the five-mile run, and then the evening ends with a candlelight vigil at 6 p.m. This is not a cold case. This is an active search for Ryan Stuka. So please continue to spread the word. Share, share, share. You never know who may have seen something, but at the time it didn't seem like it was important. But it could be the key to finding Ryan. For more information, to submit a tip, or to donate money to the search efforts, visit ryanstuka.com. And again, I will link that in my show notes. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or you can watch me here on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and that's all one word. If you'd like more ad-free exclusive content, as well as supplemental documents and details on all of the cases that I cover... Join my Patreon page at patreon.com slash serialnapper. I post two additional Patreon-only episodes every single month over there, so go check it out. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. I'm Dean, I'm the dad. I'm Laura, I'm the mom. And I'm Chrislyn, I'm the daughter. And together we are... 
Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. Minus all the oogie bits, we are PG-13. Don't ruin the commercial. Do catch us looking into special topics like the origins of fairy Sherlock Holmes. And the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's Corner. But behave, you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!